Hi, Kath. Hi, Dawn. We are here with AJ at the table. Yay. Hi, AJ. Welcome back. Thank you. We are super excited that you're back. Well, you're super excited. You're always such a pleasure. We have such a good time. You look amazing. I Thank know it's a you. podcast. You can't tell, but trust me, he looks fantastic. AJ, special guest from episode 83. Yep. A bariatric. Oh, wow. I looked at it yesterday because I put you on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, 83. And it was uh, you helped Kathy and I heal from our emotional strife around our mother's death, uh, which was uh, spurned by uh, bariatric surgery. And when you and I spontaneously met last summer... That uh, was amazing, wasn't it? It was amazing. That was kismet. Um, The only time I've ever been to a Comic-Con. Right. (laughs) Maybe the last time as well. (laughs) You you got your agenda done by meeting me. That was it. It was instant. And I said, you got to come on our podcast because you are... Bariatric success story. I am. You are. Yes. Thank you for that acknowledgement. You know, it's so weird because we, we, why I love when you just thinking about you and why we're talking today is that one of the things that we're continuing, well, I know that I'm continuing, continuing to work on is being my most authentic self in my body. And it's like, you know, on Patreon, and thank you so much, your VIP. Hello, VIP in the house. Oh, the benefits are so worth oh, it. Oh, thank, thank you. you so much. Sign up, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. We're so grateful. Is We talked about pig medicine. And pig medicine came up a couple of weeks ago, and it's about being comfortable in your own skin. So there's a lot of reflection for me about I stopped dyeing my hair. I have gray hair. I'm only 46. I'll be 46 in April. Birthday's coming up. Hello. So excited. And um, it's been an interesting journey, really, really being comfortable in my own skin. And I just came back from Las Vegas. (laughs) So you can imagine. That's right. You went to see Cher. AJ, I'm not going to cry. Cry, Kathy, cry. cry. Yes. She canceled on us. What? Twice. Twice. Oh, Cher, if you're listening, get it together. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, that was, this is, this is what was interesting about it is that this trip was uh, all about like letting it go. Like I wasn't on, I was like being off the, the grid, like we're no phone, just, you know, just connecting with family, let them know we're safe. But I try to stay off as much as possible. And so Colleen and I decided to take this trip because she's on my bucket list and she's on her bucket list. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we were now, you know how I am with traveling. I've been to Vegas a few times, so I wasn't nervous, uh, which is, I think, one of the very rare. I was nervous going to Ohio, but not nervous to go to Vegas. Okay. Um, And so she had never really traveled. Well, she did travel, but like she was a little nervous traveling, too. So we were excited to do this. We get to rally. And then um, on Tuesday, we were leaving. The show was on Wednesday. The rally was your layover. My layover. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, my interpreter's here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Thank you, Donna. Yeah, Thank you. Really good. Know your role. <laughs> so we get there, and then all of a sudden, she gets a notification that Cher cancels. So I haven't, you know, I can react with that action really well. So I was really calm, but I was like texting. <laughs> 
texting me. Yeah. Texting her and Henry like, oh my God. And I was like, okay. And I said, what are we going to do? And I said, you know, we came here just to see Cher. Like Vegas is great, but like we really just wanted to see Cher. And so she had a show on Friday. So I said. They rescheduled. So let me finish the story. I'm interpreting. I'll I'll put my finger up. Go ahead. When I say interpret, right now, don't interpret. You don't know when you need interpretation, though. That's the problem. That makes no sense. This is normal for any listeners. So, so anyway, so I'm sitting there, and I go, I said, I bet we can get the flight changed. Maybe we can go leave home on Saturday. She's like, let's do it. So she got the tickets for Friday. I called, and I used every card between the both of us. We got the cancer card. We got the special needs card. <laughs> I got a stroke. I don't know. We're dying. I don't know. We're doing it all. And the guy was really great. Got in, We got free uh, change of the flight, which was huge. And so we were like, let's see what we can do at the hotel. Again, did all the cards we could. They were fantastic. We got a new. We got an extra room, so we were like, "Yes, comped." Yeah, comped. But you told tell them why, because you told the guy that you were gonna put him in the, your print. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I forgot yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. So this young kid, right? He he was like, uh, I told him our situation and that this was on our bucket list, and I told him a private situation that was going on, and and this is why we were here. And I, he says, you know what? He's like, the, the room is 219, but I'll take it down to 175 or something. And I said, that's so nice. And I, I looked at him straight in the face and I put my hands like a ball. And I said, I'm going to, his, his name was Justin. I said, Justin, I'm going to put you in my Merkaba prayer ball that I do every morning so that you have the most light and love coming to you. And he stopped what he was doing. And he just was like, that means so much to me. You have no, now, first of all, people just look at me crazy. He says, that means more to me than you could ever know. He says, hold on a minute. And he just stopped and thought, and then he gave us the comp. I said, so whatever I said, Whoa. whatever Jedi work <laughs> room was happening. I think I like, what? And I was like, got the ball. And I did, I did absolutely pray for him. So it was really interesting how that happened. It's clear that you were in, you were face to face with a humble brother of ours. I, I believe no that. question. No question. He was really he went like he was rare that somebody was like, listen. I'm like that was just he made a couple of bucks. Is really grateful. And so before I left the trip, I had talked to Donovan, you know, and I told him that I was going away, and you know he's very psychic. So I said to him, I said, listen, am I going to be winning? Should I be gambling? What am I going to win? He said, you got to do math. He said, it's got to be math. So you got to be near or do craps or, you know, uh, blackjack. I don't play blackjack, but okay, I'm going to do what Donovan says to do. So we're the hotel. We stayed at the Paris, which is really, really nice, mm-hmm. which is another story that we're going to talk about. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, there, Donna told us that it's close to Bally's, right? Mm-hmm. Bally's, and there's an underground thing. There was this little museum, like spot it was weird it was it was like the museum of like bodies like it just like human remains and stuff it's just not up my alley is it the plastification thing something yeah oh i love that one i'll tell a story about that in a minute oh my god i couldn't i was like i don't know but behind the lady was a, literally a picture a design of the Merkaba. And I looked at the lady. I said, what is this about? Is this about energy work? Like, is this the universe? She had no idea. She's like, it's $22.50. I'm like, no, what's behind you? Do you want to see the show? She couldn't answer it. I touch it. I touch it. And I got, I could feel the vibration of it. And I said, okay, I have to gamble here. And then Donna's like, math. You know, it's math. Yeah. 
So I said, we got to get out of here, Colleen. We got to go. I got to go do some quick hits or something. Because you said quick hits and it's near math. And I didn't want to play. I didn't have enough money to play the, the tables. I didn't bring enough money to play the tables. So I go, I hit 80 bucks yeah. on the quick hits. Done. I yeah. was done. Mm-hmm. I was happy. We were like screaming. Yeah. And I like having pina coladas. That was it. <laughs> that was my story. So we had such a good time. And then so we were really pumped about Friday. Um I learned a lot on this trip uh, going back to um, being, you know, a pig medicine and being authentic and, you know, being comfortable in your own skin is that the hotel we're staying at is very, you know, what's the word? Um, Not snooty, but there's just a lot of like, you know. High end. High end, but not, you could be high end and still be nice. Yeah. Like very pretentious. There's a lot of pretentious people. A lot of the products that they sell were pretentious. We're from the Hudson Valley. Like we do not dress like that. You know, Colleen is really, she wears all designer stuff. I don't. She has great colored hair. You know, she's really into it. She gets a lot of attention, you know, with her hair and stuff. And me, I'm just me, being me. And these people were giving out, like, you know, samples for lotion on your skin. And this guy was so sweet. He was from, he was, uh, he was Scandinavian. He had the best accent and very sweet. And he said, what's the one thing about your face that you'd want to improve? Now, first I'd be like, my face is fine. But I was like, no, I don't like these under, these, these big, you know, I have big puffs under my eyes. And she and, and Colleen was like kind of like, you know, tan. So we had that going on. And so he did this treatment. And it was like a miracle. Like my eyes looked great. I did. I took a picture of it. Yeah. My profile picture. I looked fab. So I was like, oh my God, this is so great. So Colleen and I were interested. We want to know what's going on. He takes us in the back room, shows us all the product. I don't care what he's selling. We, he wasn't really pushy at all. Told, Colleen told him her situation. Um, and, uh, and it's okay to talk about that she's going to have chemo. So we wanted to really make sure she had product and do whatever we could to make her feel great. And I, I get a little sample. I'm good, you know? And so the guy was great, but then a girl walked, a girl tried to sell us some skin cream and she was very slender, young, um, you know, you could tell she works on celebrities and she kept saying, Colleen's very slim. She has fun hair. Where's, you know, Michael Kors, you know, all that. Cause I'm sitting here going, all right, we're having a good time, you know? And she just kind of was like, like kind of looked at me like, aren't you so lucky to hang out with a friend like her? Like saying like I'm schleppy or whatever. And I start laughing and I go, I think I'm all right. Like, I don't know what's the, the, the innuendo is. I was like, oh, I'm fine. Like I was like fine. And it wasn't like being defensive. Mm-hmm. I was laughing because I'm like, wow, this is still happening. Like I'm a little overweight. I'm a lot of it. Does it matter? I have gray hair. Does it matter? Like I was, I, I said, am I dirty? And I kept smelling myself. I'm like, am I dirty? Like, is there something... And then in my head, I said, please ask me what I do for a living. Like, this girl was really pissing me off. And Colleen's just like, could read my mind, right? And she's like, oh, do you want some cream for your arm? It'll maybe like for cellulite and stuff, like really like offensive. Like if I wasn't offended, I think I was just like, really? Can we skip this part? Like it's about, not about me. Well, let's be real. If if we're on the sixth question and everything is related to reducing the size of my body. That's right. It was like. You think I'm fat, dear. I get it. And and then I finally said, I'm so, I said, I used to be 300 pounds. I'm really comfortable with who I am. And I finally just said it out loud. Mm -hmm. I don't need 
your fucking cream. Yeah. Like I and Colleen's laughing because she knows I'm like ready to like pound Right. And she's like she's she's another sister of yours, right. so she can read your mind. But as she well. read my mind. So in my head, I'm like, please tell me what I do for a living. Please ask me because I want to read the shit out of you. I swear <laughs> to God, in my head, let me read you to show your imperfections. I was like, yeah. that's not really nice, but no. that's how I felt. She says, so what do you do for a living? <laughs> Cha-ching. And Colleen's like, oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I said, oh, I'm a psychic. And I never, I don't ever say that. I usually make up stuff because people say, oh, read me. You know? Of course. I wanted to read her. And so I ended up giving her a reading. And I don't know if she's going to listen because she became a fan afterwards. <laughs> but the bottom line is I read her imperfections. And I told her how beautiful she was because of those imperfections and used it as a teaching moment. Of course. To, as Because she was younger that, you know, you're in, a, in an arena where you are pressured to be a certain way. The other world, there's a whole world out there that people are very relaxed. You know, where I come from and my community... I, I'm a seven, as Sophie says. I'm a LA two. I'm a Hudson <laughs> Valley seven, and I'm a Las Vegas. I don't know four and a half, and I'm okay with that. But it's like you know, it really made me think about um, you know what was important to me and how I how I've grown so much as a person to be able to kind of say, listen, I am my most authentic self. And afterwards, she she ended up crying at the end of the reading. That's beautiful. It was beautiful. And I hugged her and I told her she's going to find love. Everything is well. And then the energy just kind of took it down. And then she went to to Colleen and said, aren't you lucky to have a friend like her? (laughs) Of course she did. Colleen was like, yeah. She goes, I bet you ask questions all the time. She goes, "Uh uh-uh. She just tells me. (laughs) Don't worry. Yeah. So it was really ended up being very positive. And um, it was was just definitely, it actually helped me a lot to be, uh, to just, be comfortable because I have to say that I've met some fr- old friends who have seen me in the in the in the grocery store that I haven't seen in a long time, and they're like, "Oh, playing grandma mode!" Like that's what they were telling me. I was like, "Actually, no, I'm just being me." I was like, "I actually mm-hmm. feel quite younger." You know, I get that a lot, and I realize that um, it's how I project on myself. Like I have confidence. I feel good about myself. I'm like, I do the best I can to wake up and feel have good self-esteem. And I'm like, the world is just convoluted in priorities. And so I thought this was just a great podcast to talk about this pig, you know, uh, embracing the pig self and, and how smacking it in your face it gets in different places. So I have a significant amount of experience in my own personal life with regard to image conversations. Mm -hmm. And I would love to dig into that. But before we do that, I'd love it if, Kathy, you would share, you know, just a few sentences on what pig medicine means, you know, and what that phrase means. Because my listeners are are now at the point where they're like, wait a minute, what the hell is she talking about? (laughs) So, So... Uh, we've talked about pig medicine on the podcast uh, because it's usually the um, it's usually animal spirit of the week. The pig represents in the spiritual realm a symbolism of being comfortable in your own skin, uh, understanding that you create your home wherever you are, and that um, you will not find happiness in other places chasing your idea of who you are. And the pig reminds us that be comfortable in your skin, know who you are, and that's where home is. So no, no matter where you are, you are home. 
And so when I was sitting there, I was like, wait, I am pig. I am home. And it doesn't matter if I'm in Vegas and there's, and there's a different kind of idea. It was like, wait, I'm still here and I'm still home and I was comfortable. And uh, so I was very grateful for the lesson that pig gives us. So that's what, you know, that's what pig medicine is. And I think it's important that we clarify that because generally speaking, and I would say in America, we say... Because in this country, there's a significant stigma around the word pig. Oh, interesting. And for example, in my upbringing, I was often told if I weren't such a pig, I'd be able to find clothes that fit me. Right. Oh, interesting. Right. Additionally, by other adults, I was told that if I didn't stop eating like a pig, Mm -hmm. I would end up going to Omar the tent maker for my next suit. Mm-hmm. When my room wasn't cared for, I was told that I was a pig and I lived in a pigsty and I should be ashamed of myself. Yeah. And I'm a you know 12 to you know 16 year old boy and I'm thinking about the pork tenderloin we just had and right. I'm thinking I'm the cat's ass. Right. Right. Because I think that right. bacon is amazing. Right. Right. So like you're <laughs> comparing me to my you know to the beast that creates my favorite food. Right. Like you're complimenting me, but the tone and the reality around the the labeling and the classifications and the the derogatory nature of that idea or the references that are being made is meant to tear me down. Correct. So knowing that... It's weaponized. It's totally weaponized. Yeah. And as an animal, knowing that the pig is likely the most comfortable... Yes. Yes. Quote, in their own skin. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We get to get down to the conversation. High five. High five. Absolutely. High five. We just turn that around. That's called transmuting right there. Yeah. I didn't even put that together. Because I the only thing I remember I can relate to being a pig is that mom would say your room's like a pigsty. Yeah. But I didn't really give a shit. I just really didn't care. Which you know, what she said things like that. But that makes total sense. And how these lessons of I have to say, like, I learned by by really uh I don't know the term. Uh, I might need an interpreter. I don't know the term, but like formulating or being more routine with these animal spirits. Yeah. And we're talking about it in a routine way because we're talking about coping in this crazy world in in this cycle. Um, I think has helped me more than a lot of the things that we routinely talk about. Mm-hmm. I, I really am taking it to heart and, and learning how... Uh, like kind of, I always walked, I feel like I'm somebody who walks the walk. Yeah. Talks the walk. Yeah. Talks the talk. Once a week. Yeah. Once a week you pull a card of the day on Patreon on Mondays and it's an animal card and it's usually, um, in the shaman in, in the, uh, the shamanic, uh, traditions. Right. And in animal medicine there, it, there's no, there's no, um, villain. No. I was just talking none with somebody. Whatsoever. None whatsoever. I was just, uh, somebody actually made a comment uh, on social media about, um, she was kind of saying, she was putting herself down, something about being a vulture. And I said, there's, there's, great, there's great need in vulture medicine. Vulture medicine keeps the earth clean. Like they do the work that nobody else wants to. So those people who are night nurses or those people who clean toilets Mm, or those people who unplug sewers 
or, you know, they do vulture medicine so that the rest of us can live on a clean earth. You know, there's, there's no villain in animal medicine. So Kathy and I often, uh, we reference. you said, um, your Vegas trip was all coyote energy. It was all coyote. So now coyote medicine is what we talk about is referencing to how you handle when detours come up. It's not what's happening to you. It's how you handle it. So I literally was like, I'm a coyote. I'm a fucking coyote. I can't handle this. Cher loves me. Like, I was just like trying to talk myself into not like when having a breakdown, having a break. Cause like something we were looking forward to so much that you hype. We've been hyping this since August. It's, it's now, you know, March. And it's like, we were hyping this up and we're going, and this was a dream. This was like, Donna can tell you when I thought I was going to go see her, I was hysterical crying. (laughs) Yes. This is all I, you know, I don't ask for much. This is something I've always wanted to do, and it was a disappointment. And then she fucking does it again. I got a double-time disappointment. She canceled again in, in, in the Friday. And all I kept saying was, man, Coyote has something to say. Mm-hmm. And so we sat down. Colleen and I had a great conversation over breakfast. And it wasn't like, why is this happening to us? Because nothing was happening to us. It just happened. It was, how are we going to handle this? We we feel disappointed, but there's a reason why. I think if it wasn't for Cher, she was the carrot to get us out of this latitude. Right, Donna? Mm-hmm. Change your latitude. Change, <laughs> change your attitude. attitude. Yeah. So I don't think I would have went to Vegas or I, you know, what I would have went no. with Colleen wanted yeah. to go. But you she, wouldn't have justified spending the money. Right. You wouldn't have justified taking right. the time. It was a yeah. lot. Especially a lot in for winter. Me to get up and, mm-hmm. you know. So I said, well, I said, I thank Cher for being the carrot for me to spend time with my best friend, my dearest friend, you know, that we got to spend this quality time that our families were so supportive of us. We, I mean, we felt, even though we were 3,000 miles away, you know, I had everybody just like, go have a good time. And on her end too, it was something we we like, we needed to experience. And I think it gave us a sense of freedom. Uh, and we slept a lot. Believe it or not, we slept a lot and we recouped. And I said, wow. I said, okay, so we didn't get to see a concert, but the one thing we did get to do is we got to rest, we got to reconnect, we got to work on our coyote selves, uh, which was all about when things don't work out the way you really expect them to. It there's it's not only just a reason, but look at the bright side of it and laugh at it. We did, we laughed because the last fucking song in the airport was share. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh no. Get I love that. I love that. The last song we were like gunning in to going to Albany from Philly, and all of a sudden we hear, if I could turn back. I was like, no. We're not turning back time. It was pretty funny. Well, isn't it beautiful that we don't need to turn back time? We don't need to turn back time. We don't live in a life today where we feel like we need a do-over. Right. We're absolutely content where we are, and we're really pleased with where we're going. Us here at the table. Us here at the table. Correct. And I'm sure many, many people that are listening. Yeah. Yeah. And what's cool is, um, you know, we're talking about the coyote philosophy, my partner you know, lives in the country and I live in a more city-like, you know, mm-hmm. community. And we joke with each other that, you know, I'm city mouse and he's country mouse. And he is somewhere around nine acres or something. And there's a, I think there a pack of coyotes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a grouping of coyote um, often spend time in the undeveloped, you know, portion of his property. And they're quite vocal. Mm-hmm. And 
with a client this morning on my way here, I had a conversation about how we celebrate what the universe delivers to us. Mm-hmm. And one of the examples that I used, and I know we're going to talk about body and image, you know, and all of that stuff, you know. It's called a band of coyotes. A band of coyotes. Oh, and they sing like the new kids on the yes, block. Let me tell you, Sutton, Massachusetts, the band of coyotes on Singletary <laughs> Avenue are amazing. So that being said, thank you, Donna. You're welcome. She's the research director as well as the translator. We, Kathy, we'd be lost without Donna. I don't know what I do. Yes. Thank you, Donna. No, you're wrong. Goes back to no, you're wrong. Donna. You're welcome. So, you know, that all being said, with my client this morning, we were talking about what it's like to be in celebration of everything that the universe presents to us. Mm-hmm. Everything. And the example that I love to use when I'm presenting this example, particularly to a consummate male, if you will, mm-hmm. um, who's either working with a leading masculine energy mm-hmm. or is struggling to be leading with a masculine energy. I always bring up, I think, the most embarrassing possible thing that can happen to an adult and it's pooping in their pants. Oh, yeah. Uh, that happened. And <laughs> most adults that I know have had it happen at least once. And I always say, you know, what would it be like if we pooped in our pants and we were not ashamed? Right. And instead, super, super excited that our GI tract was working. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would and, be amazing. And, and if we were directly in celebration and truly jubilant that our body was working overtime so much so that it took control <laughs> yeah. and said, we're going to get this bad stuff out of you because you're ill. Yeah. And we're going to make you better, yeah. and we're going to put you on the fast track to wellness. <laughs> and he said to me, I've never thought that way. <laughs> and I said, what will your life be like if you continue to think this right. way? Right. Right. I, yeah, that's um, it's a story. If I poop in my pants, it's, I just look at it like it's a story. Yeah. It's something I have to And then do. that happened. And then that happened. And yeah. Then I just, <laughs> and then that happened. <laughs> then I've yeah. never done it. Donna? Never done. You're missing out on life. Apparently. Donna Planet. But my GI tract has always, uh, you know, been not a friend to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's always been your sensitive spot. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely, I'm definitely someone. My stomach is the always giving me the hardest time. But I've uh, always made it to a toilet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've always made it to the toilet, though. Well, You're blessed. That's you You're know. Blessed. But I get it. It mm-hmm. happens. It happens. So we were talking a little bit ago about yeah. image, you know, and the idea, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, and and you know that beautiful lady in the store, like running, pooping at my pants. <laughs> okay, right. let's rewind to the. <laughs> The, let's like rewind to the skin street, the skin cream store. <laughs> okay. Yes, let's, okay, go, let's back. go back. Let's yeah, go back. so we're back at the. So, all right, we're back at the skin cream okay, store. Yes. All right. Here we go. And there's this conversation again, yeah. as you mentioned, Kathy. There's a story. Yeah. And the story is that quote unquote one lady's not pretty, the other lady is. Mm-hmm. You know, or the you know one lady's thin, the other lady right. isn't. Yeah. Right. You know, whatever it is, but there's a comparison yes. happening. Yeah. And there's an image conversation that relates one as better than and the other as less than. Right. If and I have my big index finger up. Mm-hmm. It's big. If he's got the we accept right. that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what what you're describing, Kathy, is that you weren't accepting the story. I was not. I personally had an opportunity to reach out to a plastic surgeon's office six times. In my experience of weight loss, six times I asked the same question, and six times I was given a no. And in the very final question, it related to some reconstructive surgery mm-hmm. uh, that I thought I needed mm-hmm. you know, following my weight loss experience. And it's number 83. Mm-hmm. All right, so the backstory is in episode 83. Mm-hmm. 
the moment that I experienced was the invitation to accept exactly who I am as who I am. Okay. And stepping into that invitation and taking the time to learn Mm -hmm. that I am who I am because that's how I was created. And there's a purpose in that. Mm -hmm. And the super short story is I'm the big bearded man with the big boobs. Right. Mm. I once weighed 300 pounds. I developed you know, right. what appears as gynecomastia, but it what isn't. It's the fact that I was super fat. Right. I carried all of my weight in the front of my body mm-hmm. and the weight dispersed evenly. I was a very evenly dispersed, very good looking, super big person. Mm-hmm. I lost a ton of weight mm-hmm. and there's some residual effects from that. Right. And I have some physical presentation that shows the possibility that I was very heavy. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is people ask me questions. Yeah. But they never say, how did you get those breasts so beautifully big? Hmm, right. They only ask me when I'm going to have them cut off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? That is very interesting. And what I find is that in our society, we're often pressed up against others' insecurities. That's right. That's right. So I was her nightmare. I, you I were. Was, I was a reflection of her worst nightmare. Being a a bigger lady, a big lady, she was not, she, and I just was like, it's okay. Like, I'm fine. Like, I love my arms. Look, I know my kids love to touch them. Like, I don't know. I call mine my angel wings. That's it. I love them. Like, like, it's not a problem. I don't have a problem. You have a problem. It's a reflection of what your nightmare is. And I want to say that I've worked, I've I've had worked on by plastic surgeons. There have been parts of my body where I had, I had, the opportunity to make a decision to have some work done. Sure. And it definitely improved my life. Right. What I did find that there's a balance. Yeah. And in that balance is self-acceptance. Right. And throughout the entire journey of weight loss and personal care and taking wellness to another level and particularly right. taking it into the personal level, yeah. like really getting intimate with myself, with ourselves, you were describing, you know, stepping into the the mindset, the concept, the perspective of pig medicine, you've made significant decisions in your life. Yeah. We all get to make decisions about how we use our time, how we use our resources, and what it is that we use for an interpretation of who we are. And it's all the story. You know, what's the story I'm telling myself? Yeah. Right. And is the story honest? Yes. Yeah. I think it was the most honest I've ever been with a stranger about my... Appearance, image, slash who I am. Usually I'm just like, put it underneath the, you know, I just, it doesn't matter. I go, it doesn't matter, but it does matter. And it that's, absolutely that's does the matter. Truth, but that's the, that's the authentic self that Jaguar medicine mm-hmm. helps me with. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to keep throwing out these animals today. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Is the Jaguar the one that... That supports you when you're looking in the mirror and you're telling yourself that you are hot AF. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's well, it. To the yeah. Yeah. Check. Yeah. Yeah. There's and when you, you know, you're out of the shower and you know, go, maybe a little sweaty and, yeah. and, and there's no clothes there and you're like, ooh, girl. <laughs> go, Get it. Sometimes I go, what's happening here? Yes. Um, yeah. The Jaguar is being your most authentic self, which is that was the turn of me looking at myself and say, what is my most comfort, most authentic self? One is I hate dyeing my hair. I don't want to be thin. I like, I had a conversation with her. I'm like, you know what? I'm not comfortable. I'm just, I, I'm comfortable being a little bigger. I don't want to be, I used to be 300 plus pounds. I don't want to be 300 pounds. I'm comfortable. I 
this is my truth about it. I'm tired of like, what is this forced entry of trying to be something that I'm not? And then all of a sudden when I did that, my body just kind of caved into what it was supposed to look like. And I'm not saying I'm not going to, I mean, I feel healthy. I got a great, you know, report from the doctor. Um, like really, like, what am I doing here? What is this pressure? I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. So what was interesting, I had another story about how it was like, it wasn't just that incident doing the skincare. It was every time we were online on somewhere, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not about me, mm-hmm. it was about somebody else. So we were in the, in the air, we were in the um, airplane. Now, if you're a bigger person, um, being on an airplane is a nightmare. And that's how I lost my weight because we went to Vegas and I couldn't put my, remember that? I could mm-hmm. not put my seatbelt on. And I was so, I didn't realize how big I was. And I looked at my family like, nobody told me I was fat. Yeah. I'm totally okay if you tell me I'm fat. Everybody just think I'm so pretty. I'm so whatever. That it was just not a conversation. So I immediately exercised that day. Remember, I walked out yes. and I, I lost, yes. the, you know, I lost weight. And so I get on an airplane now. Nobody looks at me. Nobody gives me a second shot. And that feels good too. And that's my authentic self. The woman in front of me, we were getting on the plane and she goes, she, she does this whispering thing to me like, I don't know how obese people, like talking about bigger people. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? I said, I think if that happens, we should be kind. I said, I was 300 pounds. And she went, oh. And I said, let me tell you something. You squeeze in, you have a healthy conversation and it's yeah. a non-issue. Yeah. Like I really was like, you know what? Does it really fucking matter if you're sitting next to some, as long as you can fit, you can put your seatbelt on. It's warm. What's the problem? Like, it was like being on the other side now of hearing what people, Mm -hmm. how people talk Mm -hmm. about you. And it's like, it's so unnecessary. Was that conversation Mm -hmm. really necessary? Mm -hmm. It absolutely was not necessary. It was not necessary. And I was looking at her, but I, it was an opportunity. Again, it was a teaching moment to say, you know what? It's probably very difficult. I know that. So what we're going to do is be really kind to those people Mm -hmm. who are bigger because I was there. And Mm -hmm. so I would be nice if nobody was Mm -hmm. talking about Mm -hmm. me. I didn't say that, but yeah. And on behalf of people that are in that awkward company, awkward discomfort discomfort of boarding a plane and knowing that yeah. you know they're going to spill over it's it, it was a, i mean i it's happened i've been there so yeah. it's like you know but the the point is is that it is not necessary to make things difficult for other people yeah. like because you have an idea of what they're supposed to be like well let's be clear just because i lost 300 pounds and i don't weigh 570 pounds anymore and i don't have a 74 inch waist and i don't need a seatbelt extender i still have a 56 inch chest That's right right so right. if i'm not spilling over on my ass my shoulders are in there yes right. right exactly right so there's something and i feel like your but, shoulders are gonna be your fucking shoulders you're a big guy yeah yeah there's no there's, yeah, you're not gonna change smaller. there's no cosmetic surgery no. to reduce the width of my chest <laughs> yeah i know no, it's a some people. You know, I can make my chest bigger. You know, right. they deregulated. You, you know, they last year or two years ago they deregulated this the um, what is it the FAA right? What is, is it? it the FAA for what? Yeah, uh, if the you the government used to tell planes how much they absolutely had to like what the minimum was space wise, and now that's not there anymore. So if you, there are people who who are frequent tra- frequent travelers who've noticed that newer planes yes. are even have narrower smaller. Yes. Yeah, I need an ex- like the one on the small planes. Yeah. I don't need an extender. 
Yeah, I mean, like because I, they're older planes. It's an older plane. Right. That's and, I'm like, why. And, I, and I had no problem saying, like, because yeah. I'm very, no matter how, yeah. I could look like a pancake in the front yeah. of the side. I'm, where did I go? As soon as you walk in the front, I'm so <laughs> wide, right? So I have, a, I have wide hips. So it doesn't go around my waist. It goes yeah. around your hips. So I'd be I, like, I had no problem on two of the planes. A newer plane, I'm like, I just got it on, but it wasn't comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need an extender. And she's like, we only have a few. You don't really need it. And I looked at her and I go, Okay, look at this. And she goes, Oh, and that felt good. Okay, thank you. But I need an extender. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it just needed a couple of inches. And I'm like, it was so narrow. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no I wonder. Know. No wonder. At like, my very biggest, I did most of my business travel. And I traveled. Can I say the name of the airline? Sure. Yeah. So I Why traveled not? with Southwest Airlines. And Southwest Southwest Airlines is probably one of the most fun. Yeah. And also in my experience, so has most of the fun flight cr- flight crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that a party because everybody goes to goes to the Southwest, right? Well, yeah, because it's it just it's a more casual experience right. entirely. You know, they wear khakis and you know yeah. polo shirts. Right. Although there are other airlines who do look fantastic in their yeah. their <laughs> suits and their cravats. Yes. And all that. But anyway, Southwest has a policy or it had a policy at the time. It's been a long time since I've traveled with them. They have a policy, or they had a policy that a person who appeared larger than the average passenger would be spoken to prior to the flight and requested, and sometimes the conversation was with the desk agent, and I knew this, and I was traveling corporate travel, so my assistant handled all of this stuff. Truth is, though, that Southwest had a policy that required a person who was above the average size of it average passenger size to purchase an additional seat and they would give me and I always booked it in advance you know I would book my flight on their website and then we would call them and say you know AJ is an oversized passenger he needs a you know an extra seat so they would tack it on and every single time the policy provided me with a refund really yeah and this is really cool because they would Require the responsibility of the oversized passenger. Yeah. They would negotiate that at the gate. So often a gate agent would come to me and say, sir, do you know about our extra seat, you know, oversized passenger policy? And I would say, yes, I do. And I would pull out my boarding (laughs) passes and I'd show them. They'd give me this cute little reserve sign, you know, et cetera. And they'd be like, oh, thank you. And then they'd walk away. And ultimately I would see someone, you know, wildly offended and arguing with them. Right. The truth is, though, because I was comfortable with who I was and I was really content with who I was and what space I filled, mm-hmm. it was not a non-issue for me. Mm-hmm. And I would often be treated well. Yes. 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 It's when you're defensive and you get ornery mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like you feel like it's out of your control and it's, 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 you're embarrassed. There's a humiliation part. There's people talking about you. It's like, you don't, like for me, I know it's weird. I don't like being the center of attention unless I want it. Like, I love being in front of a thousand people, and I will be in front of a thousand people and talk and lecture. But if we're just walking in the mall, I'm not looking for it. I don't want attention like that. Oh, I totally get it. Yeah, I, but I, you know, that's not where I lead, you know? And I, I, I like to feel humble and, you know, as a young, when I was younger, and a lot of the philosophy is when I was younger, I got a lot of attention. And it was, unwanted attention i was you know thin i had long hair mm-hmm. i was cool i was pretty whatever the, the thing was i was around a lot of boys and it was like it was constant all mm-hmm. the unwanted mm-hmm. attention mm-hmm. advances from gross older men it was just like and then when after having my 
my Sophie, I was saying my kids, but my Sophie, having my Sophie, I, I guess I had thyroid problems and then all of a sudden I, I gained some weight. It wasn't a nightmare for me. Mm-hmm. It was not a problem for me. I was so well. Okay I think with I that. told a story. It's fun. Las Vegas is my um, barometer for this. That when I was thirty, I was at my heaviest, and I was almost a size eighteen. We went for my birthday. That was the same right. trip, mm-hmm. Yippee Kaye, whatever. And then I came home, and um, it was. A, I remember it was around 2001. We had the conversation about the Weight Watchers. I went on Weight Watchers with mom, mm-hmm. and I lost like 70 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. And I got down to a size 10, which, I remember, which is yeah. very. It was really kind of too small in my frame, but whatever. And the and then when I returned to Las Vegas, and the first time we went to Las Vegas, we were with girlfriends. We were. I was invisible. Right. Completely invisible. Mm-hmm. And then when I went back in 2004. Um, with friends, uh, I still am invisible in my head, uh, so to speak, because I didn't really venture out into that, you know, meat market, meat markety world, because mm-hmm. I always kind of traveled mm-hmm. in my own kind of circles. And uh, I was, I was voraciously hit on, and yeah. I was also I was at my sexual peak. I mean, that was it was You're awesome. An animal. I was an, You're animal an animal at the time. She's an animal. I've said this. You're your own animal. Card. Every woman should be single during their <laughs> sexual peak. It was like shooting in a barrel. I had a fucking great time. I have no shame. It was, was awesome, but at the same time, I was safe. And you can't to me for me. Being safe is not having sex with strangers in Las Vegas. I was not in that mode. I was on shutdown mode. <laughs> But it was amazing that I think I told the story. It was um, baseball's opening day, right. and I didn't have a lot of money to gamble. My friends did. We were at the Hard Rock uh, Casino. I went to the bar. It was in the afternoon, and I was every single baseball game was on. I was in heaven, and there was nobody at this bar, right? Which was in the middle of the casino, and the bartender's chatting me up a little bit, and then he was like, oh, you like baseball? And I said, yeah. And then he didn't believe me. So I was already like, fuck you, annoyed. I'm like, yeah, I know. My ovaries kind of, you know, prevent me from (laughs) understanding stats. I'm just a girl. Get the fuck away from me, Sparky. I love that. (laughs) And uh, he was like, oh, okay. You know, and he kind of left me alone. And then a few minutes later, he's like, that guy wants to buy you a drink. And so I didn't say anything. The guy put the drink down. And just because the bartender put the drink down, the guy came over to talk to me. And he was a good-looking dude, obviously, bachelor party, whatever. He wasn't too smarmy. He seemed like kind of normal-ish. And I really was trying to watch baseball. And I finally turned to him and I said, can I ask you a question? I want you to answer me so honestly. I'm like, if I was 70 pounds heavier would you even give me a second look? And he was like, "Mm, no, probably not. And I was like, right. So I'm not gaining 70 pounds this weekend, but I could very well gain another 70 pounds in my life. So I appreciate the attention, I guess. (laughs) But, and then he actually, he, he wanted to talk about that because I think it was the first time, you know, and I, I encouraged him. I'm like, we're talking to strangers. Like, 
we're going to walk out of this casino and our lives are going to go on and nothing. So why can't you have this authentic conversation with me right, right now? Right. And I could tell he felt guilty and pressured and all that. And it ended up being kind of like a fucking therapy session with the clown. Right. Wait, maybe and, he needed it. Maybe but he, he kind of needed it. And he was like, an open eyes and what, what's funny is my friends were like, Oh, were you like, you know, are you hooking up with that guy later? Right. I'm like, no, I asked him, would you, you know, would you hit on the same person if she was 70 pounds heavier? Right. You it was a really interesting conversation. But from yeah. that, he and he was like, you're, and I had talked about being invisible. He's like, well, you're really not invisible. And I, you know, when you have dysmorphia, right? Yes. You look at pictures. I look at pictures of myself from back then and I was like, Jesus, like, right. I, I had no idea. Like, mm -hmm. and I, and I think back about the attention that I did have from men and I always blew it off. Like I never took it seriously which was the lesson of like it really is only what you feel about yourself right always always always, always. listen i there was a when i was 300 pounds i still had problems i know kath it's such a i know kath i can't I even i can't even talk <laughs> about <laughs> how fucking well, let's annoying. talk about acknowledgement but, for just a yeah. second yeah. yes people compliment us and if we don't agree yeah we make them wrong yeah, I, I always agree. I said, thank you. Yeah. I got, and I is that. there ever a conversation inside your head? Why no. did they say you that? You know what my no. bad habit is that I really need to stop is when people are like, oh, my God, I love that jacket. I always tell them how much it costs and where I got it. <laughs> I do that, too. It's the worst. That is Donna the dumbest medicine. thing. No, this is all about Donna medicine. <laughs> all right. I, sometimes she looks radiant. She I does. just, I just look at her and I go, "Oh my God, you're mm. so beautiful this morning." She goes, "Donna, the day we met." And then she, cannot... yeah, but you do what Dad does. You do no, what Dad does. I she don't... always says, "You look really good today." They're reaching across the table at each other. <laughs> this is my point. I'm not thinking about Dad when I'm giving you a compliment. No, no, no. It doesn't. Why do you wear makeup, Don? Why do you? Yeah, wear to makeup? feel better about myself. And I yeah. can say, "You look radiant." There are times you don't have makeup on, and I say, "And you say you look tired." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you do. I do. 100%. But you look tired. But the reason You know the story, AJ? Right here. It happened me. right here, right here in this kitchen. <laughs> She's such an asshole. For, for months house. and months. Yeah. For months and months, I would stop by the house because I had a terrible relationship with my mom. And so to make peace with my dad, every once in a while, I would stop by on my way home from work. Just a quick, hi, uh, uh, cup of tea. Thanks. Bye. Okay. For years. I'm not For months. Yet. For months and months and months. <laughs> So I was always at work coming here. And then one day, I stopped by on my Monday, where I usually don't wear skincare day. I usually wear no makeup on Mondays, and I do ultra skincare because I'm 51 and I don't want to look like that. Get it? Get it? Mm -hmm. And I walk in the house, and my dad exclaims, what happened to your face? <laughs> <laughs> and my mother said, Oh my God, I can take my breath right now. <laughs> Rob, she's got no makeup on, Rob. <laughs> my dad did not know what I look like without makeup by the time I was 40 yeah, years old. I remember. That I couldn't stop laughing. I was 40. <laughs> dad was, he was gen, like, like, did you get beat up? Like, that was, he was so concerned. <laughs> Donna, are you still carrying some pain regarding your experience? <laughs> I just think it's hilarious and funny. But and I will say, I, I do carry shame. I oh. carry shame that my makeup bag is worth a thousand dollars. That is horrendous. 
What if we were to flip the script on that? Let's flip, flip the script, would you? Because okay. she's killing me right now. Go ahead. Flip I'm grateful I can spend $1,000 on makeup. <laughs> and aren't you worth it? I am worth it. Yes, you damn are worth it. I do it. like it. I do yes. like it. But, but I do think it's... Wor- but I do think that... That's what makeup's for. I, I understand. We've had this conversation and we've had this con- this argument with Sophie at the table over the oh, summer. Yeah, Let's did. remember that. Was that. Domestic, that was a, that was a, that was a domestic fight <laughs> on the podcast. I think in the it's future scary. we yeah. get to have some beauty professionals at the table to talk about the pink tax. But I don't know. I don't oh, think we yes. should go there today. Ugh, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. For sure. I am I loving I am loving the pendulum swinging with um, men feeling pressure to wear makeup. And like uh, men actors now, like uh, on Broadway and stuff, I have friends who've been in Broadway for years and years. And women are always encouraged to come in a tank top, come in a leotard. And men never had that pressure. Now the men are like, come shirtless. Oh, yes. I think it should be equal. And I say that too. It's like, you know, why is it that like when we went to Vegas, first of all, a lesson I learned, like if you're going to take pictures with half naked women, you got to pay them. I didn't know that. I didn't know you had to pay for that. We were on the street and they wanted to take pictures. And I'm like, okay, now they want a hundred dollars. I'm like, no, I don't think so. Um, It was crazy. But I was walking around, there were so many naked women and, you know, like with their thongs on and their boots hanging out. And it's like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh Then I said to, I was like, why isn't there any like thunder guys out here? What's happening? And then there's another side where there's all the shirtless men. And I was like, I just think that's great. I was like, at least there's balance. If you go to the Excalibur, you're going to get your guys. Strollers. Right. (laughs) That too. If you go to, you know, so there is a balance that I think is happening because, um, and I'm also seeing more movies. Like another thing is like, I watch a lot of like class B movies, like the Netflix movies that nobody else watches. Some Um, of the best, some of the best best available today. Best theater for me in the home theater. And, um, they're, they're show frontal men now. Which I was not yeah. used to. It's kind of awkward. I'm like, oh, what's happening? Oh, frontal nudity. Yeah, yes. I'm, like, oh. I'm down mm. with that. Yeah. I also like that there are a lot of women who are. If if I could, if I could go back in time, yeah, if I could, I would definitely wear less makeup. I would make it less of. Um, I'm at the age now where I have a face, right? Oh, I see. Yeah, right. And I really like the um, no makeup makeup look that a lot of young women yeah. have. And, you know, celebrities are now showing themselves without being made mm-hmm. up, which is, I think, uh, good. It's it's getting to a point where I feel like you can really kind of be your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're coming yeah. to a time. I was yeah. telling uh, a colleague, uh, Vassar College rents the Bardavon every year for their dance recitals. And... 25 years ago, I was kind of a little bit older than them by only one or two years, and now I could be their grandmothers. But um, over the years, I would always kind of enjoy slash be annoyed slash be entertained by young people and their fashion choices and what's trendy. Right. Oh, yeah. I was telling my friend uh, who's my age, uh, who's been through the scene with me, I'm like, there is no fashion trend. With these young kids. Oh, no. There's no fashion trend. Right. They're all wearing kind of athleisure wear that you're kind of wearing. Right. Like, right. right. I'm like, you can't, t- like, and I was, I was like, 
oh, I look to the young for like, what's right. next? What's new? Right. Oh, we have to look backward today. Yeah. And now, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Boca, I, the Boca running suits are, you know, the trend yeah. all over yeah. the world. Yeah, and at, I think when we were young, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm 43, yeah. Kathy, like yeah. we, like we were looking at the Boca oh, velour yeah. oh, as like, oh my God, when we grow up. The best. Now I'm like, oh my God, I'm 43. I'm a man. I live in New England. I can have elastified yes. jeans <laughs> and I can be more comfortable and in my lucky jeans. Yes. Right. I love that. I can Shameless plug, like not yeah. shameful at right. all. Right. Lucky comfort soft jeans. Get them. Everyone right. needs one pair. I'm wearing them right now. So, and lucky you can pay me for that. So yeah. <laughs> point is, we're living in a society today that is comfort focused. Oh, oh, for sure. It is my favorite. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I love being for comfortable. Sure. I hated, I always hated wearing dresses. I hated wearing And like I think there, are, there I is, there is the stigma about, you know, how people say it. Americans fly. I do. I don't dress up to fly, but I always look nice to fly, but That's I always I, look ultra comfortable. Well, you know what? When I was traveling, I mean, I am. I don't look. I looked my best when I was traveling because mom was in my head. Yeah, because mom always said, "Always look nice; they'll treat you better." It's true. And I it's wore true. my nice true. slacks. I wore it's true. true. I had makeup on. I did my hair. Yeah. The whole time in Vegas, I was like, "I'm up. Let's go." Yeah. yeah. I'm traveling back because you. It's important. <laughs> I don't want to get yeah. stranded. Maybe I'll get treated a little bit better. So a lady that I know yeah. that was you know, this really adorable. Um, you know, sort of country lady. You know, she she was raised in a small town west of where I live um, in central Massachusetts. She said that the only way to feel good was to get up, bathe, eat breakfast, get dressed, and get out. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So some food, clean, and some fresh air. That's it, man. You know, it's an easy way. Yeah. And I have practiced it, and it works. Yeah. The day that I get up and I get out. Yeah. You know, and I you know put on a cute outfit, and it right. doesn't matter what the you know whether it's athleisure or you know I have beautiful wool three piece suits. Mm-hmm. I look amazing in a you know a tight you know button collar you know and a tie, right. and all of that stuff. The point is though, it's about how we feel about ourselves. That's right. It is about how we feel about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And there is a balance of how we feel about ourselves. And it's usually not exactly what our moms or dads or some, Mm -hmm. you know, elder in our lives or, you know, that person, that old wise one, you know, told us we should look like. And it's usually not the negative connotations or the the inner story that was Mm -hmm. generated by our adolescent and teenage years dialogue when we were comparing to each other's. Right. And thank God we're sitting here at the table and we established who we were mm-hmm. before the internet blew up like oh, it is today. I have oh said God. that. I have said that. Yeah. Yikes. Yes. I you know, and able and I was sitting here today you know, as we were preparing and Henry walked over to the refrigerator and there were some things in my Instagram that I, I don't know Henry well enough that I thought you know that he could see it. So I was like frantically putting my phone down <laughs> because the world is exposed. Right. Oh, yes. The world is exposed. And yes, I understand that. You know, there are you know not dressed people you know out on the street and it's not just in Vegas. Right. It's in New York and yeah, you know, to right, everywhere. Right. You know, I'm a member of the LGBT community. You know, there's, there's, you know, kink, there's fetish, there's right. Folsom, there's this, there's that, you know, white parties, you know, et cetera. Yeah. My community you know, is expecting me to show up in the smallest pair of underwear that I have. The only thing they're, they're concerned about is what color it is. Right. Right. Depending on where it is, you know, where we are, what's going on, it's either white or black or denim or leather, you know, whatever. <laughs> I am the guy who went to a leather party once in black silk and linen. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And I was, you know, well received. <laughs> well received. Right. But coming back to the point that you were making when we got started, Kathy, Mm -hmm. I was well-received because they knew that I knew. They got 
that I got what I was doing. Right. Yeah. And despite the fact that our society looks at obese people mm-hmm. and assumes that they're too stupid right. to be thin, they're too stupid to look good. Right. They're as a society, we feel bad for obese people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of people around. I'm obese. Right. You know, on the oh, scale. Yeah. According to right. the American Heart Association, I'm still dangerously Morbid, obese. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm, morbidly, I'm, I'm right on the morbid line. I'm morbidly obese. That. I don't get that. Okay. Yeah. Morbidly obese. Before I had real surgery, I was severely morbidly obese. Mm -hmm. And that was the professional opinion. Mm -hmm. Right. And what was crazy is just before I reached my maximum weight, I achieved my Eagle Scout and I was hiking the Mid-State Trail in Massachusetts from the Rhode Island border to the New Hampshire border, you know, some 80 plus miles, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I did a 44 mile hike once, you know, Mm -hmm. in one day. Did I hurt afterwards? Of course, because I wasn't exercising. I wasn't in a healthy routine. Right. Right. And something that you said really, really quickly at the beginning of um, our time together today was that you shifted your mindset. Yeah. Kathy, you shifted your mindset and you said it as well, mm-hmm. Donna. You shifted your mindset into a new perspective. Yeah. You know, and you shifted away from an image conversation into a wellness conversation. Oh, yeah. And you've made a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know, you know, at, to what level you've, you know, shared all the details. Right. But the point is, is that you sh- you changed your mindset. Yeah. You change your visual perspective of who you are. Yep. You look at yourself differently. Yes. And you've also changed what you put in your mouth. I have. Yeah. I have. When we get control of mm-hmm. our thoughts and our actions, we create change in our lives. Right. And specifically my experience was that I'd reached a point where I was so obese I knew that a surgical option would support me. Yeah. And I was told by the medical staff that I had a choice to make. Yeah. The choice that I got to make was that that surgery was going to be 10%. Mm-hmm. So if I had 10 tools to my success, that was one of them. Mm-hmm. And the other 10, the other nine tools in my toolkit were behavior. Yeah. And thoughts and action are, generally speaking, what those responsibilities are. Mm. And it's been 15 years since I had weight loss surgery. I lost 300 pounds. 15 years ago. That's amazing. And then I gained a little and I lost a little. And I gained a Isn't little and life? I lost a Isn't little. It is life. That's because we're human. So yeah. You, you know, what's what was interesting is that through this journey, we, we went back to, I, in last October, I know some of our listeners are familiar that my son Donovan, we had an incident um, that we needed a lot of support about. Um, and I had to go to therapy because of it, because it uh, triggered some post-traumatic stress things that happened many, many moons ago. And it just brought it up things that I didn't even realize were still happening. So I sought out a therapist, which I think is great. And and uh, her assignment's done is going to be done soon. I have my last session next week. And... Um, I, I always felt that a lot of the weight and the image and the things that we go through and how we perceive ourselves is through the experience that we've had with other people. So for me, it's like when I emotionally got more in control, the weight started to come off. It's a natural thing. I, I stopped dieting. I started fixating on it. I stopped, you know, pretending that this was what I was supposed to be doing. And the, and the weight and the health just got better, you know, like, you know, increase. And then, and then it it was just better, 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 better. And so through this experience I'm having with this therapist about, um, we never talked about, I, it was the first time I did not dive into my weight. It was like, I realized like going back, it was all about 
just working through relationships and why I behave the way I do because of things that happened in the past and how I am a good mom and this is why I'm a good mom. And it was a very positive journey. And I even got healthier through the last couple of months just talking about things, those old pains, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about is uh, for this week, we're talking about owl medicine. Mm-hmm. And owl medicine is about uh, confronting and seeing the truth in every aspect of your life and not being afraid. So looking in the mirror and seeing your most authentic self, seeing who you are and believing that's who you are and that's where you're supposed to be and accepting. And if there's truth you want to change, then, you, then this is the time to change it. Um, it's the time where, um, and then the next day it was a, the three of, um, three of swords came out with three of swords is the heart with the three swords in it and a tarot deck. And that was about old pain that we tend to pack down. That's why, you know, when Donna talks about her stomach, that's probably where she puts all the right old pains mm-hmm. and stuff. Right. For sure. And like, for me, it's my hips, like all the burdens go on my hips. We all have these spots in our bodies that we hold on to these old traumas. And the owl says, Now is the time that we have to look at those things we don't want to see, that we want to ignore. And now we have to bring it up and face it. So now I'm bringing up the old pain. You're bringing up stuff Mm -hmm. and you're letting go. Donna, I'm looking at Donna. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're working on. And I feel that with these messages and these conversations, the more that you let go of things that you had no control over, which is the past and experiences that won't happen again, uh, not the same way, anyway, um, that you'll start to conform to a way that's going to make you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Because these little weights come out of your body, these little weights. And then all of a sudden, you start to shed, you start to see. And sometimes we need a little extra support, like you had your surgery, and you needed that one part to help you get over that hump. For me, I needed to have a realization and see that I I have to be able to function. I have to be able to tie my shoes. I have to walk, and I have to not have a lot of sugar. Fine. And I also have to face that something terrible happened to me for a long time, and I can't bury that in. I have to take it out. You cannot. And I'd like to expand on what you just said. So our health has a number of categories, but specifically in English, we talk about mental health, body health, and spiritual health. Our body cannot be well. We cannot have physical health without mental health and spiritual health. Mm -hmm. And what you just described, Kathy, is the balance of mental and physical health. As we're handling our stuff, we release weight. We're, we're managing, we're reclassifying, we're letting go mm-hmm. of mental things, thoughts, creations, manifestation, whatever they are. Yeah. And whatever that mental health experience was, whether it be as a young girl, you made a decision about yourself because one person said one thing in that place. You didn't know the person, but someone gave you know, unwanted, un- unsolicited right. commentary, you know, and it was, oh, you're so cute. You know, look at you, so chubby. You know, I love fat girls. And you decided at that time, however old you were, maybe you didn't even speak, mm-hmm. but you heard and you understood, you know, and you had that, that, that story in your head that you were a fat girl forever. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, these early age, the early, early age of impressions, right? Yes. These imprintings, these impressions mm-hmm. that we have. And then we move forward, we build everything on top of that. And it just, hides and hides and hides and every single one of us has some level of emotional struggle 
It's our own personal trauma. Mm-hmm. Now, my trauma is different from your trauma. Your traumas are different from each of them. My traumas are different from each of them. And the same for you, Donna. And everyone that's listening has some traumatic experience in their life. Right. And whatever the worst experience you had, it was bad. Yeah. Not and I acknowledge you for owning that, mm-hmm. that it was bad. And with that thought experience, that self-perception experience, we get physical responses. And when I dug into my abandonment experiences and my and the pain that I carried around with that, cognitively, I learned right. that my body was actively supporting me without my permission. And I recently learned that there's four Fs. I thought there were two. And then about a year ago, I learned the third one. And just last week, two weeks ago, I learned a fourth one. So get ready for this one. I'm ready. Are you sitting down? I'm sitting. Fight, flight, freeze, or float. Oh, I've never heard of float. float. I hadn't heard float either, but a doctor of psychology was sharing and she explained it and I thought, oh "Oh, my God. What's float? So it's about the ways in which we disassociate. Yeah. So like leave your body? In a way, you know. Like or develop another personality? No, no. I think it's 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 a little bit um more delicate than that. And okay. it's that idea of yeah, it happened, but I I, I it I, it didn't. So it's a denial of sorts. In a way. Yeah. In a way. And mm-hmm. again, we you know, we probably need ten segments, mm-hmm. you know, to talk think, about that. I think mom but, had a lot of float. Mom was a big float. Mm-hmm. And in the reality... She was a rose float. <laughs> she was a rose, she float. Was a rose float. Right. And in the reality yeah. of all of that, our yeah. body is preparing to protect us. Yeah. Yeah, well, that... that we, yeah. I thanked... I, used, I told you I thanked my, my fat. I of said, course. I love my fat. It saved my life. It why protected would I, you. Why would I want to get rid of it? I and as you're here. healing those yeah. emotional pains... Your body is shedding that protection. Yeah, you don't need it anymore. Yeah, I don't need it anymore. In a way, it's a coat of armor. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'll never forget yeah. going to a therapist and losing weight. Yeah, that's without like, changing yeah. my diet. Me too. I was yeah. like, "WTF is this? <laughs> how did you do that?" I remember asking the therapist. Yeah. I was in high school. I was like, "How yeah. did you do this?" Yeah. And you know what her question was? Mm. Why do you eat? Right. Mm. Right, right. I had I the never, same experience. Same oh, experience. Yeah. Oh. But here's and, the funny thing. I, I, had, never, I didn't know. Uh, well, I, I had knew. No idea. I knew, but I withheld the information. Uh, you floated? Yeah. Did you float? It was, a, it was a type of float, but it was mostly freeze. Mm. Freeze float. And the truth is, is mm. that I was in such a fight with my reality in order to protect myself. I right. got my mouth shut. Yeah, I yeah. get that. We talked about the how I handled it in the podcast that was never aired. There's a lost episode. There's a lost episode. <laughs> the lost oh, episode. Oh, such a good God, episode. Did we lose the recording? It yeah. Did. It was Sophie was Sophie wasn't able to be here and oh no, she no, she was here, but the baby would, yeah, I don't know, something, something happened. happened. I wrote about computer. it. Nico, it's not your fault. No, I know. it's nobody's fault. It, just, it was definitely meant to, for whatever reason. Oh, I the think, computer ran out of space. And Don and I just like, it was just such a bonding, really like on the table stuff. And I was talking about, I am flight. I am all flight. And That's I awesome. would not fight. I'm a flight. Mm-hmm. I run and I still have, and I was creating a physical pain for myself. I learned through therapy that I would, if I, I know that if I eat certain foods, cause I have inflammation that I will be inflamed and my hips will hurt. But if my hips hurt, there are times I won't change my diet, even though I know I can and I won't be in pain. Of course. I purposely create pain. Yes. And then the outcome of it, which was freaking brilliant, you know, it was like that aha moment. She's like, 
Well, pain has purpose. She goes, your pain has purpose because what did you want to do? I was like, I wanted to leave my house. Even now, I was like, I got to go. I'm going to leave my house. Nobody needs me. Sometimes I get in these, it's definitely PTSD where I'm not needed. The world will be fine without me. My family's great. They're yeah. on their own. And it's just like these these really like just not, they're, they're not rational thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so what happens, I'll sit on the couch and I'll have these like not rational thoughts. And then all of a sudden I'll eat sugar uh, things I'm not bread, things I'm not supposed mm-hmm. to because it creates pain. And then I realize I'm fine because I know that I can't run anyway because I'm in pain. So my body, I use my body as a vehicle for coping to challenge my mind. So even if I want to run, I know I shouldn't and I don't because I'm in pain. It's bizarre. So let's translate that. I'm going to translate this one, Donna. Mm-hmm. So when we're out of reality mentally yeah. and we're in this dream sequence, if you will, if we yeah. stepped out of reality yeah. and we're like, you know, they don't need me, you know, I'm not worth it, et cetera, et cetera. I put into my body food that's not real. Yeah. Because I'm sure you were not making, you know, organic sweets that were, you know, sweetened with honey, et cetera. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, that there was... There was a Dunkin' Donuts run or something. I, of yeah. course, of course. It was something, sure, but like, it doesn't happen often, but I realized like, it was after the incident with Donovan sure. that, that that all came out. And I, and I like to talk about it because I think it's important that why... This is really interesting. I don't know how I'm going to put this. I don't know how it's going to sound. It doesn't matter. Is that I have a very challenging time accepting people who are in a role of leadership or mentorship or in spiritual mentorship that they don't share the humble life of being a human being. I think it's very unhealthy. It puts precedence on people to be something that is not. I never want to be an illusion of somebody or uh, be a kind of like, I want people to know exactly who I am. You know, and it, and I think that that's very important. So when I share these experiences, when somebody's like, I want to be a, a whatever it is that they think that I do or they know that I do, that I have the same experiences. We're the same people. This is, this is I think it's important. Mm-hmm. And so when I share, I have post-traumatic stress. Yes, I can do these really amazing things. And yes, I can, I have this, I have a great life and this is what's happening. But there's a, there's a road that we all have to go on and that you're not alone in it. And so sharing that, yeah, even now I have to go talk to somebody about a mental mm-hmm. struggle is so important. You're never, you, you cannot master yourself until you're dead and beyond. You're going to come back a thousand times until you get it. Until you ascend and don't come back, you're not a master of anything. You have pain, you have experiences, you have struggle. And if you think you don't, you're not here on earth. There's no way you can help other people because it's not okay. There are no masters of this experience. There is this none. Earth. And it's like, and I think that this is why I love having these conversations, these real conversations conversations and 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 I just I'm really proud of that and I'm and I'm grateful for this lady that helped me out because it's very hard to find somebody to talk to talk to because I end up psychically talking to them mm-hmm. they usually want something this woman has doesn't take my shit she was like oh oh no I didn't know what you do it's okay let's talk about this I'm like what, yeah. what are we talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I just humble down mm-hmm. and I'm just really grateful that I now understand the connection my connection, my personal connection with mind, body, and spirit. 
I worked with two therapists for over 10 years. The first one I started uh, at the time that I was preparing for my weight loss surgery. And Mm -hmm. she was the doctor of psychology that made the decision as to whether or not I was fit for the Mm -hmm. surgery, Mm -hmm. which I know I spoke about this in the last episode. Um, It's entirely important to be completely transparent with your medical team. Yeah. You know, regardless, right. you know, I don't care how ashamed you are of what right. you eat, you get to tell them because they will support you. And if they do judge you, just say thank you, back away quietly, never go back, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and reach out to us, you know, because right. we'll, we'll support you in finding you know, mm-hmm. a, an, an opportunity where possibilities exist for your success exclusively. That being said, though, I worked with her for well over 15 years. She retired um, just over a year ago. And the other um, doctor of psychology that I was working with. That's just what I chose. But there are many, many social workers who have really, really talented um, experience. You know, they are very, very talented, and they have great experience, and they're wildly capable to support you know people right. like us. That all being said, both of them never took any of my shit. They don't take your shit. And what was really, really cool about the first one that I worked with, and the one that I worked with the longest, is that she had a doctorate in education in psychology. Oh yeah. So she was a an EDD psychology. Yeah. So not only did she understand the manipulation that I was exposing <laughs> myself to, she knew exactly how to teach me to not manipulate myself. Right. And then the yeah. other one, younger, etc., they both were, you know, in cahoots to graduate me from therapy for close to 5 years. And when the the older one retired uh, a year ago, I promoted the other one to my life coach. Oh, wow. So as a coach, I get to have a coach too, yeah, mm-hmm. and I get to have co- and I get to have coaches for all of the aspects of my life that are dominant. Yeah. So I work with an incredibly talented leadership coach because that's my business. Mm-hmm. But as a part of my business, I also do a significant amount of wellness coaching. Mm-hmm. So I work with a coach who has a specialty in wellness mm-hmm. because if I'm not well, you know, when we say in leadership, if I'm not winning in my life, how can I support someone in winning Correct. in my life? hundred percent. It's part of my, yeah. And if I'm well, of course, yeah. and coaches. It, it should be. Yeah. And and if I'm not successful in my experience with regard to wellness, how can I support others in being successful in theirs? Right. The other thing that I've learned from coaches and you know and professionals that I've worked with throughout my entire professional life, and it's God, it's nearly thirty years now. The reality is that if I don't know, I don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if I don't have any experience, my clients hear that mm-hmm. I have no experience. Donna with just that. tells me what I don't know. When <laughs> yeah, it's and abundantly what... clear though, Kath. I don't really have clear. to do that. But what's you really... make it very clear <laughs> what you don't know. It's, it's very clear. But what's really cool is we're transparent about it. I don't oh, have right. any experience, yeah. but if I were in the experience, right. I would probably do X. Right. And we do have really good ideas because we're intuitive. Yeah. That being said, we disclose. Correct. If we don't have the experience. Correct. That, that's why I bring people on the podcast. Mm. Yeah. We got to right? talk about stuff, man. We got to mm-hmm. learn. We got to learn. Yeah, we, we learn. Go. I like bringing people on the podcast that I don't know stuff about. I'm telling you, you're just such a, such a great asset to our everything. Thank you, AJ, so much. You this are welcome. This has been such a pleasure. Um, did we hit on anything? Did we hit on everything? Do you want to I talk about something did. else? Did we have any questions? Not really. You know what? You uh, uh, you know, going back to what you said about your tools, your 10 tools, right? Oh, yeah. And that being 
uh, the surgery just being one of them. Mm-hmm. I think the questions that uh, we have, people have, is about maintaining. You've been, you've had this for how many years? 15, 15 years. years. Yes. And so what's your top three tools of maintaining that success? On oh, my top three. Okay. So first is being responsible. Being responsible about my physical health, being attentive to what my body is calling for Mm -hmm. and not ignoring it. Mm -hmm. And particularly it's, you know, it's things like, you know, when my body wants salt, I know. And if I'm craving potato chips, I'm going to not do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to experience something, maybe a high fiber vegetable, but I'm going to put a little extra sea salt on it. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to experience something else that is healthy and is going to support my body but maybe has a higher sodium content Mm -hmm. because it's really easy for me because of the fact that I've learned how to maintain my weight. I'll get in a rut and Mm. I'll be in a nutrient rut as well. Yeah. I'll be eating the same things over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. I love crushed tomatoes. I'm Italian. Yeah. I love things that look and feel like pasta. Yeah. So I use a lot of tomatoes. So my body will be really high in citric acid and, you know, like vitamin C and things like that. But there are other things that are, you know, off kilter. So my body will start calling for things. My body will start calling for bread. So I'll shift and make some decisions about higher grain content Mm. in my diet. So being really, really responsible and paying attention to my body. Mm -hmm. The other part is being really responsible. Number two is being responsible about sleep. Oh, yeah. Sleep. I've been working on it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's two parts to sleep that I learned in a bitter experience. Mm. There's a physical rest and there's mental rest. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have both, I'm nothing. Just no good. Yeah. Just no good without sleep. (laughs) And and I say I'm nothing because I'm crazy Mm -hmm. and useless. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely out of my mind. I'm confused. I'm I'm detached. I have no idea, no mm-hmm. idea whatsoever what's going on mm-hmm. because my brain is not recharged. Mm-hmm. You know, I was recently saying to a very very long string of people about rest, you know, and being recharged and taking care of your body. It's important that we treat our bodies the same we do our smartphones. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here with smartphones that are charged. My phone is plugged into a portable charger right now. Mm-hmm. Is my body being charged every day? Right. That's a question that I get to ask myself. Mm-hmm. Right. The third is was touched upon by you, Kathy, which is exceedingly important. It's knowing what works. So there are some people that like the hard-boiled egg diet because that works. That happens to be one that works for me. High protein. Mm -hmm. Some people enjoy, you know, a vegan diet. Some people enjoy a fish diet. Some people, yeah. I have my friend Joe is an incredible success story with uh, the doctor from MIT Mm -hmm. who did not want to diet. Uh, but needed to lose weight. He was in a health crisis. Mm-hmm. So he went to his peers, you know, at the, you know, the leading institutions of the world in Boston, you know, near where I live, and said, what can I do? I don't want to stop eating. So the fasting thing works. Mm-hmm. It works for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I do a modified version of fasting. Mm-hmm. But it's specifically trial and error. Mm-hmm. What worked? What didn't work? Mm-hmm. How did my body react? Because in paying attention to ourselves, being connected to our bodies, mm-hmm. knowing what we feel like when we do A, B, C, D, mm-hmm. and then realizing that A, B, C, and D don't work and right. shifting into LMNOP <laughs> and finding amazing results. Right, right. If it doesn't work, shift. If it doesn't work, change. If right. it doesn't work, if I don't like my results, stop doing it. Yeah. That's an insanity conversation. 
for sure. Stop so those are my three. For sure. I know. Remember her? She I was amazing. Her. Power. Susan. Susan Powder. Powder. Yeah. Powder. Powder. She yeah. made me pout. Yeah. <laughs> Where is she? Is she dead? I don't, I don't know. know. We'll, we'll Google we'll her Google after her. we yeah. stop Google recording. Her. You have to Google her right now. What you know, happened? Her short white hair. Yeah, she had amazing hair. And she was yes. Really yeah. So okay. those are my three. Those yes. are really great. Those are really great tools. For me, I, dieting is not a good idea for me. I am somebody who uh, cannot be restricted in any way mm. uh, based on my life growing up. And that's mm-hmm. what I learned. Is so, I Kathy, just, I'm putting my hand on your forearm, yes. and I'm just going to let you know yeah. that I did not say diet. Right. I did not say diet in the term that like, people think term. like Weight Watchers. Right, right. What I said is I changed my diet. You changed your diet, yeah. Yeah. So my diet is not having one. So your diet is about being responsible about I'm, what you put yes, in your mouth. Yes, I'm mindful. I have Exceeding, I do mindful yes. eating. Another thing for me that works is walking. As long as I'm walking, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's it. I, it's just very simple and also releasing any kind of emotions. And I'm good. Yeah. And occasionally pooping your pants. <laughs> Was that recorded or did we talk about that before we started recording? I am recording? not talking about my story. I'm not going to share that one. I'm not sharing my pooping story, no. If okay. anyone's ashamed about ever pooping their pants, just know that your body cared about you. Exactly. And you needed to poop at that time. My body cares about me so much. Yeah. Donna, when we create my podcast, I think that we're yeah. going to... Oh. We'll start with why pooping your pants is good. I okay. love that. Episode one. Okay. <laughs> And it's called Everyone Poops. <laughs> everyone does poop. I follow a blog that um, everyone's brain needs to poop. Everyone brain, everyone's, everyone's brain, brain needs, needs to, to poop. poop. Okay. And that's what we were talking I'll about. That's what out. you're doing with your therapist. You're getting I the poop. poop out of your brain. It's true. That is true. That's we're starting right. another podcast. Okay. Right <laughs> All right. <laughs> I wish you lived closer. I know. I, I drove in just for today. You did. Let's do this. You did. I'm going to love so it. can I... Can what? I ask a question of our audience? Yeah. All right. How many of you want to hear from me once a month? How many of you want to hear from oh. me every oh. other month? There you go. Yeah. I'm we happy can to make come it regular. If you, you make the drive. Yeah, listen, we have a microphone open and ready. There's, yes. always, there's a seat always come ready. On, we'll work AJ. out a schedule. Yes. Okay. That sounds great. I love it. And I love you all. Thank you for listening. Oh, we love you too. How do people get in touch with you, AJ? People get in touch with me by going to www.ajlito.com. That's A-J-L-E-T-O.com. You can find me on Facebook. Just look for AJ Lito. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, all of it. A-J-L-E-T-O. I love you all. Love you too. too. My brother from a past life. Bye. Bye. High five. High five. Uh, Oh, okay. We did it.